0: Want to be a part of the conversation, then let us know on the TNT radio interactive live chat room at TNT radio.live, lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT radio. You're
1: listening to the Aussie Cossack on today's news talk radio, TNT. Welcome back to the Aussie Cossack show live on a Saturday night, broadcasting from the Russian consulate in Sydney uh, for the 11th month and a half we're soon approaching a one-year anniversary of being holed up here in the russian consulate what can i say it's been a very interesting year i think we should do something special on the one-year anniversary coming up uh soon which will be on the 16th of december that's a saturday uh i think we should do a, probably a big reception at the consulate what do you think let me know one 800 uh, would you come down to the russian consulate to join a big party uh, maybe a massive uh, celebration a concert uh, why not why 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 not why shouldn't we celebrate the fact that it's been one year hold up uh in the russian consulate and thank you of course uh, to the russian government for uh the uh, very gracious uh agreement of asylum i was going to say offer but it wasn't offered to me was it it was actually uh imposed on the russians and the russians accepted accepted the request for diplomatic asylum uh i just wish that uh, our old friend Julian Assange would have uh done the same thing instead of giving himself up to the Ecuadorians the Ecuadorians of course uh, that didn't go too well uh but I welcome your comments and your suggestions how should we uh celebrate one year at the consulate See, what an amazing time we live in where there's more freedom of speech in a Russian Consulate than there is outside on the streets in Sydney in Australia there's no doubt that I would have been arrested fifty thousand times had I been at large uh out on the streets of Sydney if you've been a regular viewer and a subscriber listener of the Aussie Cossack since the early days of the lockdowns it's been quite a journey but I'd love to uh organize a nice event for the people perhaps a people's street party we can close down the street here at Fullerton Street uh, in uh, the leafy green uh, up upper end suburb of Vollarra, as people call it, uh, quite a nice area. You know, not my type of people. You know, I'm more from I'm more a Western Sydney type of bloke. Uh, but you know, if we get a permission from the police, if we get a form one in, there's nothing they can do to stop us having a massive street party out at the front of the Russian consulate. That's actually a great singer from Melbourne, a, a Russian singer who was uh, performing at the Adelaide multicultural festival the people's festival which was organized uh in spite of the South Australian government's ban um I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching her sing uh so maybe we'll invite her we'll get a we'll get a poster going we'll announce it we can do a live broadcast that day on TNT radio we'll set up a stage and um speaker systems and we'll get all of our uh, volunteers down there a couple of maybe lambs on the spit big barbecue no vegan options it's amazing we have these events right we have these events protests and and we always have free barbecues it's been becoming a bit of a tradition and some people walk up and they say do you have a gluten-free or vegan option and i'm just like "Look at me you can have a you can have a bun with onions and sauce how about that (laughs) well I mean, I shouldn't be too uh, harsh because there are people who are fasting and, um, you know, as a Russian Orthodox Christian myself, fasting is something which is important even though I should be fasting more and I don't. I did fast all the time when I was a kid. You know, I remember when I was seven years old, I wouldn't even have milk on wheat bix on a Wednesday or Friday because I was in fear of breaking the fast, the Lent. So I'd have hot water, boiling water on wheat bix just to make it soggy enough to uh, uh, scoff down before going to primary school. Uh, Looking at the... Uh, situation in the comment section here on tntradio.live you can join uh the uh conversation I'll read out a few of your comments here uh here we go we've got plenty of you talking about Russia the vaccines how many people homeschool in Russia it says Redback. back and I'll uh if you want to join the conversation let me know just send a message onto the tntradio.live uh comments section you can go in there it's absolutely free you can join now tnt radio live is broadcasting on youtube on twitter on rumble we've just started the uh, live broadcast so get the word out there and let people know uh that tnt radio is uh, broadcasting on a social platform uh, social media platform near you uh, it's a great opportunity to uh, listen to some very very uncensored free speech you know this is the place where uh, all the dissidents uh, get together and feel at home whether it's uh uh, luke moore from isoo police whether it's uh uh, john shipton the father of julian assange whether it's any cause out there or people like david mcbride major mcbride someone who is um, also been all over the mainstream media in the last seven days And Major McBride and I have a few things in common, including a solicitor who we uh, mutually share, Mark Davies, a very good solicitor. Big shout-out to Mark Davies. Xenophon Davies solicitors, uh, the best in the business, the best in town. Uh, I can highly recommend them. If you've got a legal matter, whether it be commercial, litigation, criminal, whatever it is, I highly suggest you uh, get in contact. They've got an office in Sydney, and they have an office in Canberra with their partners. Uh, And in Canberra, Major McBride, just uh, a few days ago was uh, in the Supreme Court and very honored to say, uh, David joins us now. Major McBride, good evening.
2: Thank you very much, Simeon. Uh, Mr. Cossack, it's a pleasure to be back with you. I always brings a smile to my face every time I see you, uh, proudly sitting there, always dressed so beautifully. And um, yeah, you you give dissent uh, a good name.
1: Thank you. The pleasure and the honour is mine. You know, I'm very looking forward to um, having this conversation tonight. Uh, And thank you that you found the time. You've become somewhat of a celebrity recently, lately, uh, and uh, a beacon for freedom of speech and truth. Uh, You were charged with a few offences. What were the offences that you were charged with exactly so we get them right? Uh,
2: There was five of them. I don't always remember. Uh, uh, The Crimes Act, uh, offences under the Crimes Act, offences under uh, the Defence Act. They were basically espionage offences, the most serious offences we have in this country. In fact, I take a sort of black-humoured pride out of the fact that the uh, the absolute minimum penalty was unlimited, not just life. It was the, if there were anything more than life, they could have given it to me. Um, so a, a little bit of scare tactics uh, on their part, uh, and particularly... Um, Uh, you know, uh, an attempt to smear you in the sense that it implies that I was giving secrets to the the enemy enemy countries I have well well there, there
1: is a bit of truth to that many people would say the abc is the enemy
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes man even myself sometimes it's a big it's a big corporation you,
1: have- so just to recap for our listeners you've uh, you're a former military lawyer you're a former british military officer uh you discovered some very serious war crimes taking place in afghanistan during the afghanistan intervention in which australia was part of and uh Australia uh, down the track withdrew from there it wasn't even clear why we're there in the first place civilians were killed by our troops uh whatever reason they had for doing so is up to them to defend in their own uh, capacity but you were the person who actually made these revelations and published the Afghan file reports or you shared sorry should I say you shared that information uh to journalists from the ABC the government funded ABC who then published the revelations Now, is there a case here of the ABC being government-funded, right? They would have had plenty of advice. They would have had their own lawyers. They would have had people looking at what can be and what can't be published, right? They uh, would have known, surely, that this was highly sensitive and highly um, lucrative information. Did they get punished? Did these two journalists that you shared the information with who went on to publish it, did they face any charges themselves?
2: No, they didn't face any charges, and it was considered a public interest story um which and I think the reason behind that um was that they just don't want to the government are scared of journalists they will never charge a journalist um not because they like journalists but because it's sort of a uh, a mutual appreciation society that the government uh, does nice things for the journalists the journalists not all of them, but, and then the journalists print nice things about the government or at least don't print anything to incendi um and it because if they do they can lose their access it's all about ke- keeping access to government so it's a bit of a um
1: okay. when you mean access um uh, you're surely not alluding to the 1.1 billion dollars of government funding that the ABC <laughs> receives every year
2: well yeah well I mean they, they're owned by the government it it, it, it would be They do do some good work the abc there's a lot it's a bit like the army there's the whole lot of different regiments there's a whole lot of different people i won't say plenty of good people in the abc have done uh things helpful to me i I will i need to say at the beginning um while the the documents i gave to the abc became a story called the afghan files and a lot of war crimes things came from from that it, it did i could see something was very wrong I didn't um I didn't have first hand evidence of war crimes. Uh I actually could see that the I think the government did know and I think that they were trying to cover up war crimes with sham prosecutions. It's even kind of worse than that. My story was always bad leadership story it would appeal to you. And it wasn't really blaming the particular soldiers on the ground, um, even if they had overstepped the mark, but something strange was going on where I believe that the leadership, as it turned out, knew about war crimes. I didn't know quite what, but obviously that was in Afghanistan. There was plenty of rumours about it. So can, was- I can,
1: can I make a comment there? You bring up a very valid point that the military brass, the leadership, the government appointed uh, people in positions of power probably on five to $600,000 a year salaries, they knew about it. You didn't blow the whistle on the grunts, you know, on the diggers, on the troops. You blew the whistle on the guys in charge who knew everything already. Yeah. So-
2: and funnily enough, and your audience will appreciate this. I got criticised last week because part of, part of how I discovered something strange was going on was that I believe certain soldiers who were just doing their job, just to do, taking great risks for the government, uh, doing tour after tour, were being... In- investigated in a way a bit like you used to get investigated. That's a good analogy. <laughs> now, you know, every time they went out the front door, every time they did something, every time they did their job, which did involve fighting the Taliban, um, but, but they weren't doing anything other than their job. They were getting shaken down. And I actually went into bat. The first shots I fired, I went into bat for the soldiers to say, these rules of engagement don't work. That soldier's going to get killed. Um, you know they don't work. Why are you doing this? Why are you pretending to suddenly care about what's going on when last year you didn't care? And there's all rumors about what happened in 2012. Nothing happened, no, no investigations at all. 2013, they start investigating everything. And that's when I started to say, well, What something strange is going on? You're investigating, you're hassling people who have actually done their job, and you're not investigating people. Who have big clouds over them because they're famous, and it looks like you are involved in uh, some sort of cover-up. Yeah, it was I was very much against the leadership. Never been against the soldiers on the ground, even the ones you know. We have we have the ability to put people on trial if if they are really caught red-handed, they need to face the music. But I was not um, uh, a snitch, if you like, on the soldiers, but actually on the on those above. To say uh, I don't know quite what's going on here, but the fact that you want to prosecute good soldiers and not uh, seemingly not investigate bad ones is strange. And that's that if, for a professional soldier, that's the most disgusting thing that you would ever see. That you'd have leaders who expect you to go out there and put your life on the line day after day, year after year. And then, depending on where the media winds are blowing, they'll throw you to the wolves.
1: um, Well, we 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 know for a fact. I know for a fact that you've got a lot of support amongst uh, current and former serving Australian Defence Force personnel,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, regular uh, soldiers, veterans. A lot of support uh, for your actions. And uh, you know, I have to I have to say I have to say that I find it uh, amazing, honestly that you were uh, uh found guilty you found you pled guilty we know the circumstances that the government withheld uh withheld the the ability uh for you to be able to use that information that classified information which was key in um uh, defending your case and uh, your solicitor mark davies made a statement about that unfortunately the information that you will re- be relying on to prove the public interest immunity uh that your uh, whistleblowing was in the public interest that actually was withheld the military using public interest immunity itself using the same sort of reason not to have that information in the courtroom and without that information you didn't have many prospects of running a successful uh hearing you pled guilty but amazingly I was very surprised you were given bail and you were allowed to uh, leave the courthouse and walk out I mean did you expect to get bail
2: no no I decided to plead guilty, as you said, because of those extreme uh, rulings. I'm not saying that they're wrong, but they were quite extreme. And it was just two quite extreme rulings to say if the Attorney General doesn't want, and that's when they say Attorney General, the spooks all work in in his department, so it's not really necessarily Mark Dreyfus. But if people in the Attorney General's department don't want uh, the public to, um, or to see information, the jury to see information, it won't be seen. And and there is no appeal from that. And it meant that it could mean that even if if the you've got evidence that the Attorney General, for example, just to make an example, is taking bribes, <laughs> the Attorney General, and you tried to have a court case about it, the Attorney General himself could stop that evidence being used. Yeah. And because there's no exceptions to it. He doesn't have to justify it. Um, evidence against him committing crimes could be stopped by him going into court. So it's a pretty ridiculous law to say it's so extreme that the Attorney-General can just stop evidence going into court. And, of course, they say it's national security, but you, it could be about pedophile rings. We don't know. They don't have to prove it's national security. They just need to say it. Uh, and that's an extreme ruling. And the second ruling was to say that even um, whatever... No matter how heinous the uh, your your claims against the government are, it, it could be that the CDF is selling secrets to another another country, um, <laughs> like a famous one that we all know, um, and that is still not enough to be whispered. The, the judge came out and said um, there are no exceptions. There's no point trying to say to the jury, "Oh, well, this is an extreme case, or whatever." He said that there could not possibly be any case that can um, override uh, your duty under the Secrecy Acts or whatever. So there was no point running the case. I think wouldn't say it's wrong. It was it was a ruling, and uh, we appealed it, and we didn't manage to appeal it. But it does. It it would seem to have questionable results for the future to say that no one can ever be a whistleblower against the government.
1: Well, you uh, you commented outside court with the words, I stand tall and I believe I did my duty. I don't see it as a defeat. I see it as a beginning of a better Australia. Uh, we'll uh, expand on uh, that statement. Uh, stay with us. We'll be back with David McBride straight after this break on TNT Radio.
0: You should hear what Chris Smith is talking about. Lomborg has long maintained that wealth and an abundance of energy sources are the key elements required to help the world solve threats to our existence, which is why he opposes the obscene amounts of money the United States, the UK, Europe and Australia are spending on climate change, which can only reduce that wealth and make us all weaker. Yes, climate has costs, but so do climate policy. Policies. We rarely talk about the fact that as we are making more and more climate policies, that also impacts us negatively. That actually pulls away resources from us. Just to take a look at energy prices here in the UK, energy prices have been coming down for the last two centuries, but now they're starting to go up because of climate policy. Now, why doesn't the mainstream media's political class ask those correct questions when politicians make humongous spending announcements? On- On, for instance, renewable power. Where are the right questions? Like, what's the cost-benefit analysis of this project, Minister? They never ask the question. And you know why they don't ask the question? Because the left-leaning mainstream media, they're climate change evangelists as well. They don't want to find holes in such grand renewable plans because that's not part of the environmental narrative. Chris Smith on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
3: A year ago... I couldn't afford the rent anymore. I had no support and I was out of options. I had to sleep wherever I could. I thought, am I gonna be out here on Christmas day?
0: Your urgent donation of 29 pounds 73 could help make this Christmas the first day of someone's life beyond homelessness.
3: I'm so glad crisis was there. I could finally get warm. someone in my corner. We got something for you. This Christmas, I'm here, home, because my first day at crisis was my last day on the streets. This Christmas,
0: thousands more people across the UK will be facing homelessness. We urgently need your donation. Search crisis at Christmas, or scan the QR code to give £29.73 now. The human mind is like a computer no matter how efficient it may be its reliability is only as great as the information fed into it that's a campaign promise tell us the truth tell us the truth we mandate that the truth be told you're hearing it,
1: TNT welcome back to Saturday Night Live with uh, the Aussie Cossack Simeon Boykov broadcasting from the Russian concert in Sydney before the break uh David McBride uh, was describing to us uh, his feelings at the moment of uh the ruling finding him guilty of unlawfully class, uh, sharing classified material uh major mcbride uh, is held as many including myself as a hero a man who stands up uh, for freedom of speech and truth against uh, an australian government who is up to its neck in corruption and lies over the last few years and potentially uh decades before that it's only the benefit of technology and so forth now we know what the government's up to but how many crimes did they get away with over the years hiding behind suppression orders hiding behind non-publication orders hiding behind all sorts of classified uh, uh, stamps and uh, not for public consumption um, marks so i think the you know the courts can have their opinion but the uh, people have their opinion and if it comes down to the pub test if you ask And the average punter out there, is McBride a villain or a hero? Well, I'll say that 98% of the people in this country will say he's a hero. And speaking of that, you now, uh, David, are a hero in the eyes of the Australian people who is awaiting sentencing. Your sentencing is due to take place next year. Uh, You've got uh, some bail conditions. I imagine they're not too strict at all, are they, Uh, just to reside at an address? Uh, Yeah nothing and nothing extraordinary uh but you're sort of living every day now uh counting down to the possibility that soon uh in the beginning of 2024 which is not far at all away you could be uh facing the court and be given a jail sentence and sent to prison who knows for how long it's it's almost like you're you know the clock is ticking and it's a terrible, uh, probably feeling to be. And how do you, uh, how do you mitigate that? How do you find that? Is it, is it a concern to you? Um, what's, uh, what's the, um, what's the feeling you've got in regards to that looming sentencing date?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm quite at home with it. Obviously, I, I try to take things one day at a time. And sometimes people say to me, "Oh, <laughs> how do you feel about the lifetime behind us? And I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think about it, and, and you will understand this, and it's similar to your position. That's why I think we get on and we have so much respect for each other in the sense that principles matter. Um, you've come from a military background yourself. The idea that it, not everybody gets it, but the idea that you've got to stand for something, and you, even if something is unpleasant and even if something is not particularly uh, enjoyable, um or you don't know what the future holds. There are some times you've just got to draw a line in the sand and say, I, I believe in this. I'm more worried about my reputation management um, uh, b- before that, like you. And in fact, we have a lot of similarities. Like you, I've got people trying to smear me on, uh, on things which are not relevant. And um, uh, uh, if I have to go to jail because I've committed a crime, as I said, I'll go with my head held up high. I believe um, I did the right thing. Even my enemies seem to accept that I believe I did the right thing. Um, they um, uh, So, yes, and that's what I will, I, I guess, as long as I can get the message out there, because I can't just give up either, because I've I've said and I believe, I think this country is in danger. And as you, you would agree, and a lot of your viewers would agree, it's not in danger from another country around the world. It's in danger from itself. It's in danger from uh, the sort of people who make decisions in in Canberra where else, and um, who are who don't put the nation's interests first, um, who work for them effectively for themselves and their cronies, and um, pay rises. You know, it's a it, it's as if, to use a popular analogy, it's as if the country is one run uh, by the same people that ran Qantas. You know. We are we are the Qantas, you know, Australia now. Um, Australia sponsors Qantas. Qantas sponsors Australia. You know, it, it's it's it. We're being run down uh, at the expense of a couple of people at the top who are who are taking in uh, big pay packets and and big pay rises. But the workers, uh, the service, uh, the whole ethos of the of the of the country is being run down. And I think that's where your viewers. Um, and I would get on. We we all feel the same way that we you cannot trust the government anymore. They say one thing and they will do another. And as you said, as you said, that what they have on their on their side is um, secrecy provisions. Or you can't even see Albo's diary. You can't see this. You can't see that. You can't see you know cabinet meetings. Uh, why why not? This country is meant to be a democracy, and most of these um, secrecy provisions were. Uh, Enacted in a time of great hysteria um, after 9 11, and uh, they were made for some sort of like uh, we thought the end of the world was coming, but they're now being abused and they're used against people like me and you uh, and a lot of your viewers to say to treat us like we're terrorists when actually we are people who question the actions of the government and, and often in quite legal ways to begin with. Um, but we just get crushed by it. And uh that's why I think it's an exciting time. I mean, if I if they don't completely manage to smear me um, before I go to prison, I think a lot of people like your viewers, sort of good people like the view your show, will be fairly outraged and say really, of all the things we've seen um in the last couple of years, and we, you, most people could aim about 10, but the uh, uh, PWC, <laughs> Qantas, uh, you know, various things that went wrong in the military, various failures, various and insiders know about all the scandals in government, big corporate US corporations not paying a cent of tax in Australia, bringing in billions, censorship, all of that stuff going on, they're going to put me in jail. And my crime was basically to say, uh, I think that there is bad things going on in the ADF, and it turns out there was. Um, and uh, I felt that it was my duty to stand up. Now, th- that seems like we're living in an upside-down world, and I'm sure you would agree. I mean,
1: you're not free to travel yourself. Look, David, uh, we do have many things in common, and we're you know I'm still on parole for breaching a non-publication order. Now, I named one name. I named a first name and a last name of a person who's before the courts charged with some terrible crimes against children. Many would consider that a public service. And for naming that one name, there's two words, right? I named him, I did it, I had my reasons for it. Uh, I felt very passionately about it and I'd served my time. They gave me a 10 month sentence and then our mutual brilliant solicitor, Mark Davies, managed to get me out of uh, prison uh, after four months of serving that. But I was given the classification national security interest. Uh, I don't know what national security interest has to do with the crime that I committed if it it wasn't even a crime to begin with. Uh, But look, I like you. Uh, pleaded guilty now i probably should have pleaded not guilty in hindsight just for the sake of putting him through a trial just for the sake of subpoenaing everyone and putting them all on the stand and questioning them all and you know I, I look from the side i you know it's i can't put myself in your shoes because your situation is so much more serious i i named two words and you probably you know you know dumped you know uh, dozens of pages of documents detailing all sorts of classified material and um, you've got a lot of respect for that from many people and the general public Uh, you're writing a book at the moment i want to get to your book after this but is there a sense and in the most respectful way knowing that it's a very sensitive situation but is there a sense of regret that you wanted to have the trial right i sort of for you i feel like i wanted david to you know subpoena those brigadier generals and the you know the the uh, army brass and the government functionaries and put them on the stand and ask them the questions and put those ABC journalists in the courtroom for them to say, well, you know, what's your side of the story? Uh, very yeah, sensitive no, question. And well, forgive no, me if I'm inappropriate no, it's here.
2: Not. No, it's a good question. It's a good question. I have actually thought I've actually thought that. I mean, um, uh, it, it's difficult for me. There's a saying that a lawyer who represents themselves has got a fool for a client. I think lawyers wrote that saying themselves to make sure people always get expensive lawyers. But um, I, uh, I I did. That's the way I thought it played, should have played it. Well, not should have, but I mean, I, that, in my mind, that was what I wanted. I wanted um, a, 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 the. For the, the defence force at the time to be called as a witness, the minister to be called as a witness. I think they knew that they sent the minister uh, of, of defence at the time, Mr. Stephen Smith. They sent him to England on a job.
1: <laughs>
2: How convenient! Yeah, you know, no, for me to call him to say, "What did you know when?" Um, yes, because event, uh, effectively a criminal trial is a beauty contest, and they they want to see someone is guilty. So if you're if it's not you, you really need to bring in. Um, the people and, and show the jury uh, the people who might be and uh and question them but that's not um that's not how my lawyers wanted to run it and uh they i'm sure that they knew what they were doing and they uh we certainly would as you said i mean you would have what i can say to you to make you feel better and you thought you could have um questioned um your uh your people uh and i think that that's right in in a perfect uh hollywood version of your uh, not hollywood but cinematic version of your trial the problem is the situation has become so bad in this country now you never would have been able to do what you would have liked to have done you never would have been able to call people uh uh-huh. ask them the hard questions whatever because the system now has got so many protections and as it does it with me in the same way that they stopped me using the evidence, which I said was key to proving that I was trying to prove the government had consistently broken the law, not, not in a way to defend Australia, not in some sort of like, um, you know, Rambo testosterone chart way, but in just kind of sneaky little ways, um, in order to make us closer to the Americans and, uh, just because that was an aim in itself to just the whole war we fought in Afghanistan was just to make the Americans like us. Now, I don't think that that is a, a valid uh, national security goal. We need more than just make the Americans like us. And we, that seems to be our overriding purpose every time we do anything around the world. Oh, we need to make the Americans like us. And uh, I think I would have liked to put that to the jury to say, you know, and, and in your case, you would have liked to have said this man's a pedophile and um, is it really, does he really deserve sort of protection? Um, but did, you never would have been able to do that and you probably would have got a whole lot
1: more contempt charges every time. Well, look, 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 you know, in, in regards to my case, uh, that story is not over. That story is not over because... The person that I named who was the subject of the suppression order is currently before the courts, and uh, I've done my time. He's only getting started, and I can't wait till that case is done and dusted. That suppression order is lifted, and the general public and the media will be absolutely gobsmacked and shocked as to what uh, went on and how the government and how the police stitched me up right putting me in jail you know we all know that they were looking for an excuse uh i was known as an antagonist or you know provocateur uh, anti-government sort of character through the lockdowns and that's fine that's a life i chose and i felt strongly about what i was doing there's no dramas at all there but it's not over until the fat lady sings and in your case also uh major you it's not over until uh the other case the parallel parallel case is ongoing isn't it with the uh the actual allegations of the war crimes i mean there seems to be more focus on the whistleblower as the person being the big bad guilty man than it is of the people that actually shot the civilians i mean we've taken our eyes off the prize the whole purpose and the point of this was all about what went on uh the you know the the, the uh basically the story that you uncovered the crimes that were being conducted uh there's more talk about more speculation about you as the person who uncovered it, then uh, the perpetrators and the cover-ups of the defense force brass themselves. So in that regard, we are in a very similar predicament. And uh, there yeah, was so much right.
2: I think you're right. I mean that and that's one of the frustrating things about um both our cases. You're right in the sense that the contempt charge is is mainly to shut you up for being an inconvenient truth in so many other ways. And being a popular hero. Um and uh I you know, why would they um, even uh come after if they're not going to come after the journalists in my case because they thought it was a public interest story why are they coming after me um it does seem uh, uh unfair and it's not it's not fair of them to be able to say oh well he didn't he uh he was only trying to protect soldiers bad soldiers rather than actually uh expose wrongdoing in the defence force because i was i've never had the chance to make my case as you wouldn't have either with a guilty plea um and i uh it is big same as with you i think there are big things wrong with this country it's not easy to compress it into a, a 30 second soundbite um you do need time and I, over the coming months i will try to i'm probably going to have that uh that jury trial in uh in the media, if I don't get, in the sense that I would like to, as you do, to do certain sort of monologues as if I'm speaking to the jury. And say, yes,
1: This is, I, this I, is what I, I would have said. Yes.
2: And, um, uh, and these are the questions that I would have asked, because it would take a while, because obviously the,
1: uh, the
2: the world of war is different. It's sort of an upside-down world. We do things differently. We yeah. think differently.
1: You're, 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 when, you, when you talk about uh saying things for the media in the courts using that and I was accused once uh, a very minor charge I think it was like a COVID breach uh, 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 being accused of pretending to exercise during the lockdowns I mean how what a ridiculous charge and the local court magistrate Bill local court um he was observing me make a make a speech and he interrupted me and he said Mr Boykoff please stop grandstanding And I said, why, Your Honour? This is exactly what I want to do. This is why I pled not guilty, so I can have the opportunity to stand here in front of the police witnesses, in front of the court, and talk about how ridiculous this charge is. So the magistrate didn't like the fact that I was grandstanding. Well, if the if the offence is so silly, if the court system, and we don't want to criticise the courts, it's poor form, but if you know, the, the, the laws of those days with the restrictions on lockdowns and you can't exercise and it's two kilometres, five kilometres, it's got to be strenuous, heavy breathing and what constitutes exercises. You know, was he sweating when he was walking? Was it a jog or was it a walk? How can we be sure that it wasn't a pretend exercise? But these are the questions that the prosecutor was asking. And I said, well, this is ridiculous. Of course, I'm going to grandstand, Your Honour. So, I mean, you need to have, you should have that opportunity, Grant Stan. You're limited now on what you can say. But let me say, ladies and gentlemen, the story of David McBride is far from over. Keep your eyes uh, focused and your ears open. Uh, we're going to go to a break, but when we get back to the break, we want to talk about your book that uh, is available now for pre presale, uh, the David McBride uh, book. Uh, it's a very interesting uh, book, I'm told. Uh, stay tuned. Don't go away. You're listening to TNT Radio
0: with his expert analysis and opinion.
1: This is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea.
3: I've been in and around politics for over 50 years, so it takes a lot to surprise me, much less shock me. But I was shocked, shocked, not that so many Argentines voted for Javier Malay, but that the Peronist powers that be allowed him to win the election. And the thing that made me the happiest for my Argentine friends is the video that Malay put out where he went down the row of a magnetic board that had all the Argentine government ministries listed, and all the irrelevant ones, pulled them off the magnetic board over his shoulder, they're gone, no more. That's exactly what we need to have happen here in the United States. We need Donald Trump back in January of 2025 to streamline our government. We need to move the Department of the Interior actually out into the interior. We need to move the Department of Agriculture to where we commit agriculture, and most importantly, we need to defund and disband FBI and distribute its law enforcement functions to other agencies that have their own law enforcement capability already stood up. Can't have Donald Trump back fast enough. I'm glad that Malay is going to make Argentina great again. We need Donald Trump here to make America great again. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea. TNT Radio.
4: The next time you think you can illegally handle your mobile phone while driving and get away with it think again. Phone detection cameras are in operation on New South Wales roads. Hello. So if you're driving and illegally handle your mobile phone you can stop it or cop it.
0: Telling it as it is, the Aussie Cossack, on today's News Talk,
1: TNT Radio. Enjoying this Saturday night uh, with you, everyone out there listening, uh, from uh, Sydney Broadcasting Live. Uh, It's been a great evening so far. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, the lines are open, and I can see there's a few callers on the line. We'll endeavor to get to all your calls by the end of the evening, because we're going till 12 midnight. Sydney time uh, but just before we go back to Major McBride we'll take one caller who's been patiently waiting on the line Robert from Melbourne Robert welcome yes good afternoon Robert what would you like to talk about
4: well it's the uh weapons appropriations uh, that have been going on in the Ukraine you've been uh, as you can well imagine the whole world has been sending stuff to the Ukraine uh well it's starting to come out now i don't know if you've been keeping up with it but uh where these weapons are going aren't actually uh where they're intended to be and they've ended up in all sorts of different parts of the world uh,
1: absolutely and- we know that we know many of the weapons now being That's used correct. in the current conflict in uh, between palestine and israel uh, are in That's fact correct. sourced from ukraine
4: um, I don't know if you know the group of uh, Ukrainians called Beregini. You might have no, heard enlighten us. Beregini, uh, they're a group of Ukrainians that uh, disseminate government documents. Um, some of them um, are, are, are public, easy to find, but they hide them away in little uh, containers named things like uh, flowers or uh, cooking. So you've got to really sort of nut it out to find these bits and pieces that, um, that are in the Ukrainian government uh, public coffers, uh, easily accessible to people who know where they are. And this has been coming out in the last sort of like two or three weeks that the whole thing with these appropriations of weapons going to other countries has all been planned from the get-go. Well, I
1: mean, Ukraine is a hub for uh weapons trafficking uh a lot of the weapons are being lost and popping up it's only a matter of the time of time before uh surface to air you know man pads uh pop up because there was thousands given there that's the most dangerous thing for the west when they Exactly. uh, that's the most dangerous concept i mean it's it would be a tragedy and uh, it would be very sad but uh, there's many uh stinger missile systems you know shoulder launch mad missiles uh anti-tank javelin missiles yeah you know, state-of-the-art technology NATO weapons that were given to the Zelensky regime and that the regime absolutely corrupt uh to the core these weapons are not being sent to the front line they're being sold on the black market to to Africa to the Middle East to whoever will buy them uh well, so look the West will continue doing it go ahead
4: you might have seen uh prisoner of war videos where they're interviewing the Ukrainian soldiers and a lot of them express the fact that they've had to buy their own helmet. They've had to buy their own chest plates. Uh, and I, I was thinking, this is like eight, nine months ago. And I was thinking, why, why would you have to buy your own equipment? Like, it, it, it didn't make any sense to me. And there's one image that I, 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 I can recall uh, that really stands out. And that's when they were handing out AK-47s to civilians in the street.
1: It was right at
4: the beginning, back in March, yeah, that's right, yeah. So, like you say, um, when the pattern is formed, uh, the mould doesn't break. It's like um, bad habits continue, and this is the thing that we'll see. uh, At the end uh, of the SMO, uh, the uh, appropriation of funds that people have taken corruptly will start to shine. You'll start to see these things uh, in clear view, At the moment it's a little bit sort of opaque you can't quite sort of see the detail but it's all starting to come out now that and my point is that a lot of people knew this at the beginning and if you said anything you would do you know you were shouted down you don't know what you're talking about this is that oh that's fake you that that can't you know but now it's starting to come out and like most things it doesn't happen overnight but eventually the truth will come out and it's pretty well much what you thought it was at the beginning
1: well absolutely then there is one fact uh, that the albanese government will never be able to explain and that is where the 980 million dollars of australian uh, military and humanitarian support that was given to zelensky where has that yeah. been spent not one receipt yeah. not one document nothing yeah. to prove where that went you know the reason why is because albanese simply does not know neither does Zelensky, and no one cares because 980 million bucks for australia is a lot of money but for uh the ukrainian situation where there's already over 200 billion it's just a drop in the uh a drop in the ocean to, compared to all the other corruption that's going on there uh robert thank you very much uh for your call from melbourne and i think many australians would agree with your sentiment Good on you robert uh robert joining us from melbourne and 1-800-670-310 is the open line call us uh wherever you are whatever you want to talk about if there's something you heard today on tonight's show that you agree with that's great we love to hear from a yes man but even more so i would love to hear from you if you disagree uh, and let's have a heated conversation on the air bring it on if you disagree with anything uh we've talked about I promise not to cut you off I promise to give you your chance to have your say just like it was back in the old days of the real uh you know good old days of uh, talkback radio which we don't have now uh because of the fact that the government is afraid of people's opinion just like they're afraid of uh, truth tellers and whistleblowers like david mcbride and they simply don't want uh, to give people that platform to speak the truth and uh, bring in new Uh, legislation, disinformation, misinformation bill. We had the Identify and Disrupt Bill uh, a few years ago, cross over the line, uh, supported by both sides in Parliament. Uh, But one uh, piece of literature which I'll be very uh, looking forward to reading, uh, to read upon some truths and the background to the McBride story is a book called uh, Truth in Honour, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, The the Nature of Honour. The Nature, The Nature of Honour. See, well, it's all all connected. The Nature of Honour, Truth in Honour, Honour in Truth. So (laughs) consider that a Freudian slip, and that's how people remember the name of the book because they'll remember that I got it wrong, Nature in Honour. David, uh, tell us, uh, how's the book going? Where can people pre-order it?
2: Well, it's now on the shelves, I'm pleased to say. Um, It's selling well. It sold 1,000 copies in the first week, but I'd like it to sell more. And so I'm calling on Aussie uh, Cossack fans to help me. I know you've got a a huge fan base out there, TNT fans. I'm also a TNT radio presenter myself. Um, And it'll appeal to you because it was, it's called the nature of honor, because a lot of the things that I saw going wrong were not, not the war crimes, so-called war crimes, but it was, it was the government hanging people out to dry. When they hadn't done anything wrong and i got criticized for it last week but the, the difficulty and you you in fact it's it's the basis of what you um what you stand for to a certain extent in the sense that it may be unpopular to take a certain view on are uh, you getting attacked by a, a drone <laughs>
1: i'll get attacked by a funny flying something <laughs> <laughs> so you have, you'll have to continue. I've just got to a deal tiny, with this Tiny Israeli drone. Welcome uh, to Australia. Hold on. You'll have to deal with.
2: <laughs> well, while the Aussie Cossack is being attacked by an Aussie mosquito, um, or is it, or is it a tiny uh, a military apparatus? But I, um, sometimes you have to stand up for the unpopular uh, people who are who are demonised. In the, in the in the media, and they're not necessarily uh, who they claim, uh, who the media or is painted them as, and uh, you have to uh, um, you have to call it as you see it, and that means sometimes standing up for people who uh, who are considered bad people who have done something wrong, and it also means calling out people who uh, may have big reputations but have done nothing wrong and it doesn't necessarily make you popular it, it, in your case it has made you popular in well in a certain sections it's made you unpopular with the government but being able to say in like in the ukraine situation yeah. for example no, that's bad. why i'm a boy but to say the, look the facts are not the way it's painted in the media and also uh we're being very hypocritical here that we say it's okay to invade iraq but it's not okay uh for the russians to defend you know to to to, to in way, the way that they characterize what they have done um and uh the same in the military uh, we, we demonized some people who didn't deserve to be demonized who were just good soldiers doing their job i stood up for them or at least i could see that things were wrong um and we also lionized people who were not particularly good people simply because um not because we like soldiers or the government likes soldiers but because the government likes to use anything it possibly can to make themselves look good and ukraine is a bit the same in that um not only is it not the way it it's portrayed but the government thinks it's some sort of virtue signaling thing where they can jump on it and make themselves look good give money to ukraine and as you said it, it and as that caller said thank you for that uh, detailed call to say that that a huge amount of money may well have gone into someone's pocket we don't know Um, it's certainly not um, uh, uh, doing the honourable things that it's pretending to do but people can be fooled by appearances on both sides and we need to not be afraid of the facts and not be afraid of speaking the facts and that was the case in my book in that i was standing up for soldiers to begin with Um, and it took me a while to find out why the government was running this strange um look over there don't look over here policy
1: well but ladies it- and gentlemen thank you uh for uh, your patience we were um you know classic of being in australia you never know when you might be attacked by a, a flying wasp or a snake or a kangaroo so that's what you get when you're doing a, a live show in australia uh, i'll um i'll post it to tnt twitter the picture of whatever flew in and um uh, interrupted the broad the broadcast so <laughs> pretty <laughs> funny moment. interrupt
2: this broadcast by a, a, a wildlife attack
1: I've never seen this type it's like a like a big wasp or something anyway um <laughs> uh, 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 you, you can say whatever you like about tnt but it's definitely not boring and um
2: <laughs> we'll have to make that for the overseas viewers we'll have to stop the show every now and again and shoot a snake or wrestle a crocodile
1: by, by the way if you're watching from overseas this is just a regular day in Australia business as you as usual nothing unusual about what just happened <laughs> <laughs>
2: always having to compete with wildlife in order to get up
1: <laughs> absolutely but uh, for our listeners and for our uh, regular viewers I um, instruct you and implore you, uh, please uh, go and visit uh, uh, the online bookstore, uh, David McBride's book, uh, Mm -hmm. The Nature of... Honour. Honour, Nature of Honour. And uh, we're certainly not referring to the magistrates when we say honour. We're referring to the honour which uh, is uh, on display in the actions of David McBride himself when he uh, has taken the hard road, the rocky road, but he's maintained his honour And I believe that there'll be a time, come at a time in in the future, not too distant future, let's hope, where, uh, you know, the government will formally apologise. I mean, the government often gets gets it wrong. It has happened in the last hundred years. There've been plenty of examples where the government is wrong and then end up having Reconciliation Day and Sorry Day. You know, the government is not infallible. The government's not the Pope of Rome. The Pope himself, I don't believe is infallible. It's just something that they consider. So, uh, go down to your local bookstore, uh, buy the David McBride book and... uh, and to tell them the Aussie Cossack sent you. Uh, I'd be very highly advised. I'm looking forward to uh, reading the book myself uh, on a Sunday afternoon at the Russian consulate. So, uh, yes, and David, while you're there, we may as well invite you to come and visit the consulate. Who knows? We might have to uh, well, organise a place funnily, for you here.
2: Funnily enough, Mr Cossack, I live very close. So I've got no excuse now uh, not to uh, walk down the road. And
1: um, ah, You're an eastern suburbs boy.
2: Yeah, I am now. I'm in Paddington.
1: Around ah. uh, uh, the corner from uh, our mutual solicitor, Mark Davies. He,
2: he's just down the road. We're all uh, Paddington loves. Both of us might have to come up and, uh, and visit you. Um, uh, and, fantastic. Uh, fantastic.
1: Any, uh, any cafes you can recommend in the area?
2: <laughs> There's lots of good cafes. You might have to tunnel to them.
1: <laughs> well, I've, uh, I think I've exhausted all the uh, menu log options for over the last 12 months. <laughs> tried everything i don't know what it is with the menu log and the uber eat stuff here It just all the food all the food starts to taste the same after a while you know what i miss a good homemade bush yeah you know, good homemade food you know so i don't know if there's any restaurants
2: that do that i'm sure that if there's might be any borscht makers out there who can uh, send it to you and the care package make sure that they're not it's not the police trying to poison you
1: actually there is a there is a russian deli on bondi road called ruski's deli yeah that's uh, good i know that not far you've been there yeah yeah very good um and S- um, slightly on the expensive side i would say yeah but that's all right but i must right. say i was thinking you're looking pretty
2: good though you must be keeping yourself up uh, pretty fit in the gym or something like that i um you look pretty good
1: well uh, thank you it's a look it, there's a bit of uh, extra time on my hands here but you know I, i'm always always very busy i can tell you honestly i'm never bored Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what the police have done is put me into a situation where, you know, they've turned me into this. Um, I don't know, their worst nightmare, mm-hmm. uh, more politically and socially uh, active than ever. And my wife often says to me, if I was out large, free on the streets of Sydney, I'd be distracted by, you know, going to restaurants and friends and having a round of golf and, you know, what, what whatever people do. Right. And here it's just 24 seven. 24-7, non-stop broadcasting, literally every day on TNT Radio. Uh, so say stay tuned for more uh, on the Aussie Cossack Show live Saturday night after the news. Thank you very much to Major McBride and hear Major McBride on Saturdays on TNT Radio. Uh, thank you, Major, and uh, you're a very honourable man, and we need more Australians like you to save this country. Hopefully they don't give you a big sentence so you can go into politics. I'd vote for you.
2: Thank you so much, and I'll vote for you. Thank you, Mr. Cossack. Thanks to all your viewers.
1: Thank you.